though. Is this TikTok a thing? It's it popping. Is. It's popping. It's popping. Matt would know. He went viral on TikTok uh, a couple yeah. months ago. Was that the Was that the robe? That was the robe mishap. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Oh, you, you went viral on TikTok. <laughs> Amazing. For all the right reasons. For right all on. the right reasons. <laughs> because you had a wardrobe. Though. It was. It was a shame talk. Is what I think it was. It wasn't really a TikTok. This is Pod I'm John Stevens. Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you are now and what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm former uh, graphic designer and photographer for Bethel Music and also creative director for Jesus Culture. Um, recently transitioned out of that and moved to Louisiana, Ooh. Um, Shreveport. Which so we, you went from California, yeah. Reading? Well, we were in Sacramento. Sacramento. Uh, to Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, yeah, they're very similar. Just trying to... <laughs> slow down a little bit and um, simplify life and yeah do you have family there we uh hannah's family's in west monroe so pretty close hour and a half that's where the duck dynasty people are from right yes yes yeah we're trying to we're trying to tell bobby about it because he had a dynasty beard right yeah (laughs) that's right yeah no he was a part of that whole what is it the is there kind of a kind of a club of duck People, <laughs> Doug Dynasty. Yes, he had to. Have. The beards went through a thing for a while, though. I mean, honestly, that's like that shaggy long beard thing. Like, it's yeah, been that, a cool vibe. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. Then it was. I couldn't do that either. Yeah, it doesn't seem to. You be could. Cool. I bet you you could do that. Yeah, it can can get pretty long. Yeah. I try to keep it manageable, though. I had an aunt who could do that. She could pull that off. Wow, <laughs> Aunt Lou. <laughs> Make sure she was your aunt, John. <laughs> so as you've transitioned now to Shreveport, we're going to try to stay on target. Mm. Jeff, you got to help me out. Okay. So, okay. Um, but so moving to Shreveport, so you're no longer doing that. What are you doing now? Are you freelancing or are you helping out doing different stuff? Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of contract work, still some remote stuff with Jesus culture. That's kind of, it's ending soon, which is why I'm here. Um, but also, we opened up a natural light studio uh, in Shreveport. Uh, it's rentable by other creatives, so they can come rent it by the hour and create whatever they're dreaming. That's nice. If people yeah. want to find that listening, how would they find that studio and rent it? Follow yep. the light. Yeah, they can. Follow um, the natural light. <laughs> they can. They can get on the web, the World Wide Web. Okay. And Ooh. go to Revelator Studio. Revelator. Sick. Or look us up on Instagram. Very cool. Which is, it's beautiful too. Just like, like scrolling through those, the what y'all have done is just really gorgeous. Thank you. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'd be really interested to hear kind of, like, what does art and beauty have to do with the church? <sighs> yeah. In your perspective, I think I keep asking that question too. Mm. It's a, it's a journey. The answer is, uh, I don't know if I've arrived, but mm-hmm. even studying history, you look back at the Roman Catholics and how churches were built back in the day even architecturally yeah. they're incredibly beautiful and that inspired <laughs> that was part of this renaissance right this right. revolution in time but i think you know god first created and we're created in his image and it's it's what we're meant to do in the world mm. is to create in his image mm. interesting because the last two weeks we've had natty the poet talked about creativity we had the broken spokes last week and we we echoed that in genesis god creates a creation 
that has the ability to create mm-hmm. trees that bear seed, you know, seeds that bear the trees that bear fruit, plants that bear seeds. So there's this continuation of creation. God is trusting of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a big risk to set it in motion and let it go. It doesn't mean God's not involved anymore, but there's something about creation or creativity that's sort of a mystery. Yeah. That's, you know, that's why I love to, to listen to them last week. Mm. Just do what they do. And then when you ask them, well, hey, how'd you write this song? And I'm thinking like a math formula. Right. right? And they're like, <laughs> it was like, Josh, like, just, I don't know. Brent rides and next thing you know, we have this awesome album. And I'm like, that's not helpful for me at all. <laughs> I need a formula. I need a formula. Paint by it's numbers. Like, yeah. 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 They don't even write every song the same way. They all kind of come at it differently. So yeah. I think it's interesting to people forget. I mean, we're in a digital culture now. Even people who fight it. I mean, they're watching TV. They're intersecting on social media. Yeah. I mean, you know, most of my Facebook friends are well over the 65-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would just assume, like, I have a 25 and 22-year-old daughters, right? So... They don't do Facebook unless they get tagged. Right. Or a memory pops up, then they kind of go check in on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of more TikTok, Instagram, mm-hmm. really more that. They don't really do Discord. Twitter that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and my kids are just a couple years younger. They don't even have Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. Like, and none of their friends have Facebook pages. They're don't, gone don't to hold it. it. Yeah. yeah. I totally. So there's a. So is that going to phase out? Facebook's going to be like. It can. Most things do over time, but um, it's interesting. The church is multi-generational, you know, mm-hmm. and so you're going to have people that are over here, and you'll have people that are over here using a different platform, and I think it is the job of the church to reach people where they are. Mm. I don't do TikTok yet. You did for no, a while. No, actually, no, I, I have TikTok, and it became very addictive. <laughs> Like next thing the you know, wholesome content. Oh wholesome no, content. no, like it wasn't wholesome. Doom scrolling. Oh, it wow. wasn't like the good stuff that I was showing you a little while ago on <laughs> yeah, Twitter. Cat no, this toys was just, and, yeah, you know, Twitter's I mean, a safe place for you. Oh, the TikTok. Even do it during the pandemic. You know, you're doing the dance routines. You have to practice with your daughters. Oh yes, yeah, that's right. That's do right. Do the dance routines. Yeah, you know, to some music or something. <laughs> I don't know. Is this TikTok a thing? It's it popping. Is. It's popping. Matt would know. He went viral on TikTok uh, a couple yeah. months ago. Was that the Was that the robe? That was the robe mishap. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Oh, you, you went viral on TikTok. <laughs> Amazing for all the right reasons. For right? all the right reasons. <laughs> because you had a wardrobe. It was it was a shame talk. Is what I think it was. It wasn't really a TikTok. It was more shame talk. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so yeah. So when you think about like a church, like. Chapelwood. So now you're you're working with us now, which is like that's awesome. Yes. What are you good. learning about us and what are you I mean just I think it's interesting not only for people who listen to know Chapelwood but like whatever they're engaged in. Um how does social media work and what do you think about? Am I asking the right question, Jeff? You got Yeah, absolutely. I mean, One thing that's been like really interesting to me as we've had conversations over the last couple of days um is that we frequently look for uh, a formula or something numerical based or demographics and Justin keeps pointing back to relational equity and yeah. relationships. Um, so I think that's always been super interesting about the way that he moves in this space is um, it comes down to one-on-one relationships yes. a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, that's where, that's where change happens, but we can, huh. we can leverage social media for in to, to turn online 
transactions into real life relationships. Mm. And, you know, it'll never be a replacement for flesh, like mm-hmm. we talked about at yeah. lunch. Yeah. But it is a way to reach the people in this world. Mm-hmm. And if we can get them here where we can walk with them in real life and shake hands and break bread, like those mm-hmm. are the moments that mm-hmm. that can change. Well, there was a, there was a Barna research that came out and said like twenty to thirty percent of people that used to be in person have transitioned. So there was like I think it was like twenty percent of the people that used to be in the pews have transitioned online. Mm. There was a certain percentage of people that just bailed out. Mm-hmm. They were going to be gone in five years anyway. They're gone. They yeah. they they went ahead and left. Mm-hmm. That was they're not coming back. And then there was a percentage like twenty percent that moved online. And they're probably, that's probably where they're gonna stay. Then there's like this 25% that go back and forth. And then the rest are sort of back in person. And so part of the thing I always wonder, it's like when you think of it, okay, all these people are watching. There's more, there are more people live streaming at Chapwood every Sunday than there are seated in the room. And it's like, well, are you just observing, like watching a TV show? How do we engage with people? That's that's the big question of the day. It's how do we make sure those people feel like they're still engaged, they're a part of this community, uh, even though they might be watching online. That's the whole new that's the challenge. Yeah, that's the challenge that every every church that I know is trying to figure out. You know, Um, how do we how do we get them from being just an audience member? Mm-hmm. to like a family member you know and i don't i don't know if it's necessarily possible to do from afar without participating mm-hmm. yeah so, and that, is that the difference between marketing because there's this side i so art and marketing sometimes can be for me at least uneasy bedfellows when it comes to the church sure right and um, but it seems like the way that you're describing that is really talking about an engagement that pulls people in deeper to relationship yeah. Right. And that that seems different than marketing. That seems more like this kind of summonsing people back to a home, back to a connection. Yeah. And I, and I think it even it, it changes the way that we um, use social media and art, you know, to uh, get people to come. You know, usually it's events, you know, we're doing events. Right. But what happens at those events? Like, right. what is God doing there? You know, we're, I think you, you have to shift to telling the story of what God is doing in our midst, and that is really attractive to people. Yeah, that's good. So instead of telling people about steaks and stogies, <laughs> you're like there and sharing a story from the event. Is that right or no right? Yeah, I mean, what happens there, you know? Like are our, our relationships being formed, you know? Um, is there a personal story, you know, with someone's life impacted in some way from being there? Mm. What What are those things? You know, because I'm tired of looking at ads. You know, I'm tired of looking at graphics. Mm. We're exposed to over 300 ads, digitally or physical, um, every day. Mm. And so our mind just mm. doesn't see it, numbs it out. So we've got we've to gotta start telling stories that slice through the noise. Yeah, that's good. I, um, so I grew up in the church where it felt like in some ways it painted a picture of the way life could be if I did it right. Um, and and w- what I'm beginning to see is that like what people are hungry for is not the airbrushed image of something that might happen if I do it right, mm-hmm. but like this God that meets me where I'm at mm-hmm. right now, yeah. which is 
not just a necessarily a crappy place, but it is a variable place that and I think encapsulates both joy and desperation maybe on that continuum. Right. But we have the tendency to only paint pictures around joy. And I think yep. people are wanting a real place to land mm-hmm. to say, do, can this be a place where I can like do deeper work or yeah. live my life in a little more authentic way? Yeah. Come be myself. Yeah. Is it a safe place? Yeah. Yeah. If I come with all my crap. Mm-hmm. and just be who I really am. Mm. Will I be accepted? Yeah. There's a, um, got an email from somebody this week who visited our church last week. And I, I, I just said to them, I hope that you find a home here, um, because you would be welcome. And she sent me back, uh, an email that said, I've been lost for a long time wow. and home sounds like a good place to be. Wow. And I was like, wow, like that's, Right. That's what people. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And I could have. I could have authored that email myself. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, yeah. I yeah. Think. We. I, I think we find that people most often are looking for belonging and significance. Yeah. And so, how do we mm. cultivate a community that does that really well mm-hmm. in the church? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess generationally, though, like good. when I think about the certain folks who comment or or make comments on Facebook, right? For example, certain generational group, there is some tie-in and connection there. Um, You know, I know some of these folks, some are living alone or, you know, they come to church once a week and then I don't know what the social network or relationship looks like during the week, but that seems to be something that is a a regular connection for them. Because, you know, some people that they're on it all the time. Then I could put something on there and like two seconds, there's like a little heart yeah. icon right because yeah, somebody's kind of popping on facebook am i you're popular kind of right now yeah am i yeah. yeah oh so what works on social media <laughs> this is what i wanted this Let's is go a back great, to this i am i am the capitalism old, no what I works am the old curmudgeonly man now i really am i just about social media i use it i'm on it i think it's awesome you don't understand it all how is it shaping it now i look at a lot of it mm-hmm. you I want you to help me out. I look sure. at a lot of it sure. and I say, man, it's not helpful in society, but I'm thinking in terms of how people relate to each other. So I'm thinking like mm-hmm. comment section on Facebook, yeah. Twitter, I'm on Twitter too, only because I have to be, but it's just, it's man, pretty it's cutthroat. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. You could say, I stopped my car to help someone in this street. I pray God's blessing and peace on their life. And there would be, (laughs) oh, and there would be just people trashing them for, I mean, that's just, it's like they're sitting waiting for that. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking for, what is it in social media that we can find that's redeeming and productive and helpful in society? Jeff and Justin. (laughs) Well, Jeff and I met through Instagram. If if we can talk about a, you know, an online uh, thing that became a real life. Yep friendship that's know, right over a decade ago we uh met when instagram was just a thing uh just coming out and yeah. met at like a meetup that they were having just taking photos and uh we've been connected ever since yep in some form or fashion thankful for it yeah i, I do wonder though because there's one you see this over and over again you see a uh, a new social media platform arise out of a need for community and a need for relationship that's true and then it gets uh it gets purchased Monetized. by yeah by yeah, google yeah. or whoever meta yeah meta and then it turns into something that's completely mm-hmm. like 
cringy cringy and then something else gets because its goals changed i i knew people that worked for instagram in the beginning and the goal was community that Mm. was the goal Mm. how do we connect people but when you monetize something the goal is dollars right so obviously the results change yeah so like well i think about the stuff in in the current news over the past couple of years and you look at like whether it's whether it's Twitter, Facebook, these like bots, right? Or right. so it's advertising. People are driven to these things, and then in order for them to um, what's the word I'm like uh, accelerate people, they use fear and anger. Yeah. So your feeds aggregate like on Facebook. It like oh, what kind of stuff do you like, or what kind of stuff makes you angry? Mm-hmm. What kind of stuff makes you afraid that you respond to? Yeah. What'll get you to engage? Yeah. And most Clicks. of them, it's not good stuff clicks exactly yeah and so i think it in some ways the bad side of that you know whether it's the, the social net was the social network the, yeah, the movie, the movie. Mm-hmm. you know you look at this and you think about uh self-image issues like you know, yeah girls i would it's say big. guys too but my daughters did that where they would post a picture and if you didn't get like 100 likes within so much time they would yeah. delete it yeah something must be wrong with mm-hmm. that you know it has to be that I've learned how to take selfies from above because right. that apparently is the flattering view. Comparison, right? Even within the church, yeah. comparison. Am I getting the likes that this other church pastor's getting or worship team is getting? You know, I think it, I think it can be bad, but I also think you can leverage it for good. I think it depends on our heart motives and our goals. Mm-hmm. Like, our, So let's talk about the positive. So meeting you two, connected so relationships can be created or fostered or born out of that yep when you were talking earlier about telling stories what is is that is the goal there to create connection is that ultimately the goal um i think story can do a few things it can uh can raise awareness on on things um it can help drive people to action like, hey, I want to go participate in church, or uh, we're we're a part of a fundraiser for our city right now. There's a nonprofit called the Hub. There, you know, one in four people in Shreveport are living in poverty in our city, and so we're helping fundraise. And so we're trying to we're trying to tell people, you know, like come help, mm-hmm. be a part of the solution. And I think social media can um, be used to story can be used to drive people to do something they wouldn't normally have done Mm. knowing that they could make an impact Mm. or participate in change Mm. story can invite someone to do that or invite someone to the seat of a table Mm. that they didn't think they were invited to Mm. i think that's why like a strategy of of engagement it's really important to be intentional about right because in some ways the platforms have set up what they want us to do which is just to put a lot of crap up and then hope that you know but if there's a strategy right. that says really we want to engage and we want to connect for the sake of whatever that is right you know um, what is my why what is what is my the motive of my heart behind it you know why is our church doing this and i've been a part of some churches that wanted to to play the machine you know run the machine and at the cost of staff, you know, burnout. And mm-hmm. so I, I think you have to ask yourself, like, is it is it worth the cost sometimes? And what, what are the goals? Mm-hmm. We want a healthy church, but we also want to invite people to the table. 
how do you do that? There's always going to be a tension there mm -hmm. because they want you to post every day to play into the algorithm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really. I got to post every day, every Not day, three, three times a day. Well, the more you post, yeah, the better. But what do they say now? Like in order to actually cultivate growth on Instagram, you have to post like two reels a day or something. Two to three times a day. Two to three times a day. Yeah. yeah. For, for what? I don't have enough interest in going on in my <laughs> life to post. Uh, <laughs> like positive numbers, followers, For yourself? Yeah. Or for your 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 own kind of branding, whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, we're going to create mm -hmm. a brand for you, the Matt Russell brand. Yeah, that would be like six <laughs> followers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the thing we had a social media meeting today and we talked about the goals. What's the goal? And it's as simple as yeah, kind of defining. That's why I called him the uh what did I say, the captain of clarity, clarity. captain yeah. clarity, cuz uh it's kind of just defining exactly the why of what we're doing. Yeah. You know, what are we posting for? Right. Yeah, John, I would love to hear Simon Sinek's golden circle. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear even like what you um you feel like Chapelwood is using social media for it. What, what is the goal for Chapelwood? I have um, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have no idea. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I think, I do think, so Chapelwood, what we are discovering or have discovered is a sense of identity, especially around all the denominational stuff, which we've talked around, yeah. which is, is unique for us, but it's really not because... Uh, you know, I was with my friend a week or so ago who's uh, who's an Episcopalian priest. They've dealt with it. Now you have my friends who are Southern Baptists. They're dealing with things, whether it's cover-up of abuse scandals or women in ministry. Everybody's got it. Mm -hmm. It's just the state of where mm -hmm. the culture is. And, you know, Chapwood has always been a church that's risk-taking, mm -hmm. you know, about the bigger picture missionally. You know, what what, what are we about? You know, for, so for us, I always define the why as, you know, sort of the what, if you use Simon Sinek's old circle, the what is we exist. What we do is we make disciples. We're like fostering relationships, uh, helping people to develop a relationship with Jesus. That's yeah. what it means to be a disciple. I'm a relator. I'm a learner. I'm a follower. Right. And the how we do it through embodying grace. You know, we really believe that we're called to embody grace in the world, mm -hmm. that grace is real and grace is radical, and grace is transforming, and we're called to embody it yep. as we've received it to everyone who needs, everyone around us that needs it, and everybody needs it, including us. Yeah. And when you get to that watch, why do you do it? To make the kingdom of God a reality in the sphere of influence in which you exist. Mm -hmm. And that was Jesus's why. I mean, if you look at his preaching, mm -hmm. he says, I've come, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, what does that mean? Well, everything he did, everything he said, Every move he made, every step he take, he I was watching you. I mean, that was Jesus. You make that, me move, Jesus. All of it was his why. His why, and it was the kingdom of God. Every, every interaction of feeding someone or healing someone or stating the truth somewhere was mm. the invitation of allowing the kingdom of God to reign, for the reign of God to be there in that yeah. moment in someone's life. So to me, it's like that's kind of how we operate and we want people to know, okay, look, we don't agree on all these things. We have differences. You know, uh, we don't interpret the Bible the same way on all of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. We have people in our church don't think there should be women preachers and we think people that do. Yeah. And we think people, you know, no, no gay marriage. And some people say, well, I think should. And so, you know, and we define, okay, for us, it's like, what are the essentials? Well, the, the essentials are in the creeds and the doctrines. Those things don't ever change, but there are non-essentials. And we seem to split over the non-essentials a lot of silly. the time. It is silly. Mm. 
you know, and John Wesley even said in the essentials, you have unity and the non-essentials you have tolerance mm -hmm. and in all things you have love. And yeah. so that's what we're about to say, Chapwood, we're gonna be a church that where everybody's welcome. If you look at that video from a couple of weeks ago, Mercy mm -hmm. Street, when we started Mercy Street 25 years ago, when Matt did and, and the team of people did, it was a radical place of inclusion mm -hmm. with, that, if, that if church was like a place that had burned you and harmed you, yeah. or you were in recovery, or you were coming out of prison, or you hated religion, or wherever it was, you're welcome here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna judge you, you know? Um, and like you said on that video, oh, baby Matt, like from 25 years ago. <laughs> vest. You know, sweater vest. <laughs> baby Matt with his short hair. Can I tell you what I hated about that video is what? that what you did, Jeff, was, was, was <laughs> no. here I am 26, and then 25 years later, there's old man Matt. Oh, it, like, was, <laughs> it was a huge, yeah, it was like, said, wow, time right? has not been good to that. No, I said, Jeff, not a been good to Matt Russell. <laughs> your sweater vest yeah. clip of the video. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> but when you look at that DNA, so people go, oh, well, that's when Chapelwood became this place about radical grace and including. Mm, no. no, you go back before Jim Jackson, before You Matt guys Russell. have a rich history. I tell I, the story yeah, about yeah. At, at the AA groups. Back in the day, AA groups didn't meet in churches because they didn't want those people in churches. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about they, 60s yeah. and yeah. all this kind of stuff going back. And we were one of the first churches in this ritzy neighborhood, opened our doors to yep. AA groups. That's and crazy. it was a huge controversy. I people were like, we don't want those people in this church. Yeah. That was way before the curve of like, now every AA group meets in a church, right? Somewhere, right. Or, or most of them do. So the DNA of this church is, yes, we're a United Methodist, but you know, that's not, our highest loyalty is not that. Our high, highest loyalty is what has God called us to Good. be and to do. And it is about, and so you can't be a church, if you, if you are that, if you really believe all of that, you can't make a move to start drawing circles smaller. Mm -hmm. That's not in our DNA. Now, some people want us to do that, and they're disappointed if we don't, but we know who we are. That's who we are. So yeah. even now, we have a, a broad leadership group. They're all over the place. They're conservative or more progressive on all these issues. They're upset about things. They're nervous about things. They're uncertain about the future. But man, they look at what we're trying to do. It's like, let's look at who we are. Who are we? But we all want to be around the table together. Yeah. But what right? a great representation of Absolutely. the kingdom. You know, like Absolutely. different people with different views. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. In a, in a day where churches are splitting, 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 can there be an example of a church that says, um, we're going to stay together in the midst of our differences. That's mm -hmm. that that I mean that kind of example. If we could get it yeah. done, it's hard because people don't like that. But yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to be. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and to articulate the why of that is really important, right? Yeah. Because in some ways, what is what's the the big experiment of unity, which I think we're called to, and John's kind of been articulating, is the why of that has to be really manifest. And that's why I think like social media or or the creative arts and what you're doing and, and and what that team is doing can really help us create images and symbols and understanding around those things. Right? Absolutely. And we but we don't want to be the schlap over yeah, the shellac. Know, right? Yeah, that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We we want to we want to showcase <laughs> substance what God is doing yeah. in the lives of the Absolutely. church. Yeah, and I think another Absolutely. thing connected to that I was reading, I can't remember if it was uh, Barn, I think it was Barna or something. I was looking mm. at those stats this morning. Yeah. And one of the biggest reasons that young people leave the church or move out of the church, the number one reason is hypocrisy. Yeah. 
this day and age, it's we, hypocrisy. Want, we want authenticity. It's like you, the church is supposed to be like a place of inclusion, a place of love, a place to help people. And yet you're over here arguing about who can't come in, yeah. who we don't help, what people shouldn't be here, yeah. <laughs> you know, in our country or this or that church people, yeah. Christian people. Is, yeah. is the life we're inviting people to, to walk in and live the life that we're actually living That's ourselves. Right. That's well, what people yeah, are looking yeah, at. Yeah, right. I had a friend say to me one time that the church is answering questions that nobody's asking. You know, and I think I think that's so Ouch. true. Ouch. Right, and so the 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 circle of of what we're actually talking about is getting smaller, mm-hmm. and people are like, "I'm not." That's you're you're arguing about things that I don't care about. Yeah, that it's not where I live. And I would say is it's equal opportunity offender on both ends of the spectrum, in my opinion. All right, so on the on the right side, you have people who are like, "Build the walls. Let's define who we are. We're going to be clear. We need more truth. More truth. We need to stand our ground. Draw the line in the sand. We got to go to war. Big faith. Ah, yeah, you know, <laughs> and and it's about winning, right? It's about winning, and it's about what they feel is really the most important thing. And and what they don't realize is that fighting that battle, the witness is damaged. Mm -hmm. But I would say on the same thing on the people on the left, you're right. Here's the cause, the cause, activism. You know, here's, here's an identity and there's an identity and there's an identity and there's an identity and that has to be more important. And if you don't get on board with that, Mm -hmm. then, you know, I'm, so it's like they condemn people on the right for being hypocritical and judgmental. And then you look over there and it's like, man, that sounds pretty hypocritical and judgmental. And it's coming from both sides. And here again, this, these are extremes. And they're always the loudest voices. And they're the loudest voices Mm -hmm. and they're not the majority. Most people are in the middle. Most people are in the middle. Most people are in that centrist, center right, center left space. Yeah. And, and, and we move on the spectrum about different issues or things that inflame our passions at any particular moment. We can, like even in this conversation, I could move farther right or mm-hmm. farther left on something yeah. depending mm-hmm. on you know, what triggers me uh, in that particular moment. But I think it was Will Willimon or somebody says, you know, churches don't need to be activist churches. You know, sometimes you'll go to a church and, and they have all their signs for all their activist positions, right? Yeah. And you're like, is this a church that's about Jesus? Mm. That's first, and out of that comes right. how our action in the world. Are we about these activist positions and somehow Jesus has to fit into how we, mm. you know, that becomes part of it. And the same is true on the right as well. So that to me is like, no one, none of us are getting it perfect. But to me, it's like people want to see, I think young people want to hear you have the conversation about this and just call it for what it is and say, no, no one's got it perfectly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but we're going to struggle with that. And if we're going to make a, a mistake, if we're going to err, we're going to err on the side of saying, you're welcome here, yeah. even though I'm not sure about you and I'm not sure I agree with you. And you're not sure about me. <laughs> and you're not <laughs> sure about me. We're going to, we're going to hold that tension. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's. We're going to love. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like a family, right? I mean, I think about the family. If if the way that Paul in the New Testament describes kind of the kingdom of God is this new family, mm-hmm. who is my mother, brother, sister, right? Yeah, is it that no longer does blood define that, but there is this deep sense of Jesus reconstitutes what family yeah. is, and it's a freak show at the end of the day. But yeah, how do we hold that together to say you're at the table, and I'm going to be worse off if you take your toys and go home, or if I just say, you know, screw it, I'm yeah. Out. It's sacrificial for sure. Yeah. You know, and I was just talking to Jeff about, you know, we work, we all work jobs, right? Mm. And most of the time we look at uh, who we work with just as coworkers. 
But when we start looking at them as our brothers and our sisters yeah. and, and as a family, there's a grace that I have for that person. Right. That is is extravagant. Like right. I, I get that you're going through something in life and I'm not coming in here to yell at you because you missed a deadline or something. Like mm. there's a grace and I'm gonna walk with you through it because you're my brother and you're my wow. sister. So it's all it's all about perspective, right? Yeah, that's right. That's good. Well, and then what's your highest value? Production. Right. Or relationship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean production doesn't matter. It just means it's not the it's number not one thing the, that drives yeah. you. <clears throat> yeah. That's one, good. One of the things hanging out with y'all that I've been interested in is that the way that art um, can both animate a new imagination. Yeah. And that it seems that the gospel at its very core is asking us to see differently the world that we uh, are in and animate it differently through our actions. Yeah. And I'm really interested about the relationship between art and the animation of a new imagination that Jesus points to. Yeah. Wow. That's a loaded question. Um, So the studio we opened, Mm -hmm. it's called Revelator Studio. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Revelator means to reveal the will of God or what God thinks about something. And I haven't told many people this, but I really believe that taking photos of someone or, you know, documenting them in a, in a, in a way that reveals their true beauty or, or who they really are, you know, is powerful. And so I'm always inviting people in the studio to take their photos, um, to create content for the studio. And it's kind of this, this thing where I really try to partner with the Holy spirit, like who's next, you Mm -hmm. know, like, who are we bringing in, you know, and it's always something, somebody different. Um, but there are moments when they get the photos and they're like, wow, like I've never felt more beautiful or, or mm. never seen myself like this right. before. And I think art has the power to rewrite a story mm. if, if partnered with God, the Holy spirit, what he's wanting to do on the earth. And I think it has that, that power mm. to reveal. It's that mystery of yeah. creativity. Yeah. Art has the power to rewrite a story. Dang, right? That's what I want to be about. You know, that's what I I need. I, that's that's the true creativity of God, right? Yeah. When 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 God can take, um, when grace can take a story that has been spoiled, and it can rewrite it, and say, nevertheless, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, call out the truth of who you are. Yeah. You're you're a son and daughter of of God, you know, like you're in the family. This is who you really are. You're not ugly. You're beautiful. You are. Yeah. So Jeff, what do you, I mean, you're, you're sort of the expert in all this social media and stuff. What do you see are the, like when you think about how you use social media, part of it is for the stuff that you work on that you do and you're here, you're embedded in Chapelwood Mm -hmm. and you've been involved now in the church. Justin, you have too. I mean, yeah. What, what are the what are the what are the warnings and and what are the things we need to be do, doing better? Yeah. Uh, and what are the things that, that a lot of churches that we're doing that we we're doing wrong or maybe we shouldn't be doing? Maybe it's too judgmental, but just that are not really the best use of this. I mean, what's sure. effective? I guess is the the question I would ask. I, and I'm really asking because I have no idea. I'm learning, right? As I just kind of experience it. Yeah. I mean, I think even the conversations that we've had today around what are our goals is like such a huge 
thing that maybe a lot of churches aren't doing. But previously, we, we've been doing everything. And when we went through this meeting, we talked about inputs. We had inputs, and then we had schedule. So from our inputs, we created our schedule. Instead of creating a schedule, creating a goal and a campaign, and then and then um, filtering and then, out and then filtering out yeah. uh, our inputs. So if I see churches that are doing it wrong, or if there's a warning, I think it's doing too much. It's mm. promoting it's the wrong burnout. things. Yeah, it's burnout. Yeah. It's burning out your employees and um, and not having goals. I think. But even coming back to Matt's thing, the thing that's that's worked the most on social media has been. Uh, uh, humanizing mm-hmm. people that seem just being real, yeah, being real. That the seems to be yeah, the, right, right. The stories, the stories, absolutely, absolutely. And even as you're talking about uh, capturing people in a way that they've never seen before, I think about the Faces of Mercy Street mm-hmm. uh, campaign that we did, yeah. where it's just you're capturing the humanity of somebody, whether that's serious or they're laughing. Um, I think there's something powerful. Yeah, that that was a powerful video. A lot of people have commented, you know, because you have the story there, but people really remarked about the flash of the, all the the faces, mm-hmm. and and just being there, smiling, laughing, yeah, you know, um, and to see the diversity, mm. it makes it real. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder if that's the difference. Like, I was walking in the mall with um, my son the other day and went by Abercrombie and Finch. And when I grew up, Abercrombie Finch was just, it was like shame store. Yeah. You know, I could never walk by there and just feel good about myself. And and neither could anybody else, right? Yeah. Well, maybe some people could, I couldn't. And so walking by there now, realizing that after the backlash of what that company received, which is like, like you're selling is something that doesn't exist yeah. and you're using people as objects of shame to all this stuff, right? And so I walked by there the other day and it was like, totally changed and in some ways i think that the church is in the midst of that wow that and so often the church has been the abercrombie and finch of 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 our culture saying we want to project an image that actually doesn't exist but we want to shame you into thinking it does Mm. so that you come and buy our product Mm. that you can't fit yourself into and it doesn't look like what you think it'll look like on you right um, and I wonder if part of what the the backlash has been and why the Mercy Street stuff has kind of popped a little, or at least has some resonance, is that it's like we're telling a fuller story. Yeah. And I love, I go back to what you had said, that art and, and maybe grace and love can rewrite our stories. And maybe that's the key that animates this place, is that we come to the... We come to the church wanting our freaking stories rewritten. Yeah. You know? Am I home? Is this my home? Mm. It can't it be? We'll see. Yep. Not if you sh- sell me something I can't fit into. Yeah. You know? That's so good. I, I think I think back to something Merton, mm. uh, Merton said. He's an old mm. Catholic theologian. Yeah. I don't know if you guys Thomas know Merton. Step. We know Tom. Thomas. <laughs> Young guy's fixing to quote Thomas Merton. <laughs> Come on. Go ahead. All right. Here we go. No, he talks about faith, hope, and love. And he says, faith only knows him as a stranger. Mm. And hope is the thing that pulls faith and love Mm. forward. Mm. And I think we need a lot more hope. Yes. Cue the solo. Yeah, right? That's good. Yeah. I I also think that, that people walk into churches and they've got, no matter what they're looking like, you know, like airbrushed you know, 
to the to the nines, and they they're they're carrying around this desperation inside of them. And I've often wondered: is it the job of the pastor and the staff to look beyond all of the stuff and to at least um, acknowledge? that what we're all carrying around within us is this deep sense of desperation. And does anybody acknowledge that? Mm-hmm. Can, can, can somebody mm-hmm. say, um, you know, in some way, I, I, I see you and you're totally welcome here. Yeah, you know? and, and there's hope. Yeah, and there's hope. I think art can do that, you know? Um, and I think that's what the, I, when I'm being here with y'all now, I think, oh, I see a clear vision for, what we're to be and become in this place through these platforms that want to use us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, it's the that's the big thing. We're the users, yeah. right? Well, I think we use them and recreate um, this world. It's good. Well, this is fun. It's great. Well, hey, make sure you check out Pod Have Mercy and all your favorite pa- platforms, podcast stuff, social media things I know nothing about. Make sure you subscribe and like and share with a friend. Well, this has been fun. I'm John Stevens. I'm Matt Russell. Justin Posey. Yes. I'm Jeff Wood. Jeff, you're always here. And this is Pod Have Mercy. (laughs) 